Section 10 of Humorous Readings and Recitations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Humorous Readings and Recitations. Edited by Leopold Wagner. Section 10. King Bibbs by James Albany. It's all through that liberal government. These were the words uttered by King Bibbs as he stood in the rain without an umbrella, and it was not the first time he had uttered them. Think of it. There stood King Bibbs in the rain without an umbrella. Once upon a time, King Bibbs had a beautiful palace. But there came a liberal government, and they promised the nation economy. Their policy was to save and censor, to cut down everything they did pay for, and to cut up everything they did not. They contracted that every soldier in the army should have one nail less in his boots, and they blamed the last government for not having soldiers who required no boots at all. They arranged that the royal chairwoman should clean the floors of the government offices with soap without sand or with sand without soap, and they censured the late government for having floors that wanted any cleaning. They cut down the amount and the quality of the cheese required for the royal mousetraps, and they pointed out to a plundered people that the last government was entirely to blame for there being any mice. They voted that the royal weather clock on the national stable should be regilt only once in six years, instead of once in five, and they made it clear, at least to their own party, that it was entirely owing to the tactics of the late government that weather clocks were required at all and it must be admitted that upon this point the late government were a little bit with them it was a fine time and the nation that king bibbs reigned over might well feel proud they did but you know that if you keep the stove going by what you can spare from your household furniture the time will come when you will be a little at a loss for firewood what would you do you cannot part with the comfortable chair you sit in and your friends must have their little places so very likely if you had no respect for time-honored things you would break up some grand old cabinet that your forefathers loved but that to you appeared useless and so you'd keep the stove going and as long as the fire lasted you and your friends would be warm and snug in your places. That's just what our government did. Not ours, of course, but the one I'm talking of. They turned their eyes on the king's palace, and they said the nation cannot be saddled with this expense. They had already saved the nation about a farthing per head per annum, and this new sacrifice would save about an eighth as much more but you must understand that every man looked at the amount saved in the lump 
he never thought of the farthing that was put in his pocket in return for the time he wasted in attending public meetings but had a vague idea that the golden thousands talked of were in some remote way his rescued property what a splendid show of justice wasn't it now when bills were plastered all over king bibbs palace to say these desirable premises would be sold by public auction on such a date it touched the people to the core they gave up half a day to flock round the palace and read the bills they lost another half day's work to see the palace sold they spent a day's wages to get drunk to celebrate this crowning stroke of economy and in their wild delight at the justice done them they quite forgot to bank the one-eighth of a farthing which the generous government had put into their pockets how common it is to say we go from bad to worse and on that principle i suppose it was that this liberal government went from good to better if it was good that the poor king should give up his palace and live like a private gentleman would it not be better that he should go a grade lower and live like a retired tradesman the odd fact was that the more they stripped poor king bibbs of the sacred paraphernalia that once adorned his life the more useless he appeared in the eyes of his subjects and he was cut down from a palace to a mansion and from a mansion to a villa from having one hundred horses to ten and from ten to none and so it was that king bibbs came to be walking in the rain without an umbrella and so it was as he reflected on the past he exclaimed it's all through that liberal government his most gracious majesty had been to the reading rooms to look at the morning papers and see what his government were doing it may seem wrong that he should thus waste a penny but remember it was his duty to see how his people were getting on as he left the rooms there was a quiet sad smile on the king's face ah he muttered my prime minister is very clever but he is all ambition and vanity he tries to sail the ship with nothing but flags i do wish he would take in the bunting and put out some canvas so that we might have a little real progress instead of so much show at this time he was just turning the corner of daisy road on his way home when suddenly it began to rain bless me said his majesty it's going to pour and i've forgotten my umbrella i shall have my crown quite spoilt dear 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 the rain fell faster and the poor king had yet two miles to go his ermine was getting quite damp what am i to do he exclaimed i shall be wet through dear dear i shall be obliged to take a cab the king looked along the road and saw one coming hi hi shouted his most gracious majesty and he waved his sceptre till it almost flew out of his hand going home to change said the cabman with a careless air don't you know i'm the king said poor bibbs oh yes you're knowed well enough sneered the cabman 
give my love to the old woman there there said the poor monarch appealing plaintively to the empty street there that comes of having a liberal government as soon as i get a change i'll be despot you see the true royal spirit in him was not quite crushed the rain fell faster and king bibbs took off his crown and was looking at the great wet spots on the red cotton velvet when a loud voice exclaimed does your most gracious majesty want a cab the king was about to enter the cab without a word when a ragged boy officiously stood by the wheel what do you want said the boy's sovereign to keep your most gracious majesty's royal robe from touching the wheel said the boy i can do it myself said the king in quite an angry tone now in the ordinary way a monarch would look upon such an attention as simply his due but he knew this ragged young subject was looking for patronage he wanted a copper and the king felt he could not afford it all who have studied the workings of the human heart know how we conceal our motives even from ourselves to look at king bibbs you would have thought he simply resented the boy's officiousness he tried to persuade him so but the underlying feeling was his annoyance at not having a copper to spare how he would have blushed if any of the great powers of europe could have seen him at that moment go to the devil said the king to his subject go away go away blowed if i pay my income tax next week said the young trader as he made a very wicked face at the back of the cab that's a bad boy muttered bibbs as the cab drove off now bibbs like many another proud spirit had enjoyed the noble pleasure of refusing which is only felt when you have full power to comply when you are forced to refuse through weakness it is very galling to a monarch or even to one of us a bad boy he exclaimed as if the truth would out in spite of him he muttered it's all though that liberal government the house to which king bibbs had directed the cabman to drive him was what is now called a villa it was one of a row and was certainly not at all suggestive of a palace still it had nice breakfast parlor underground and a handsome little drawing-room with folding doors upstairs the rent was low and the neighborhood was considered by those who lived there fashionable at first poor bibbs was treated with some respect but after a time he fell into contempt for kings like other people must keep their places on arriving at his house the king stepped from the cab and took out his purse it would have done any liberal government good to see a constitutional monarch like bibbs rubbing the edges of certain light coins to see if they were three pennies or four pennies but it would not have done any one good to see the look on the cabman's face as he received the fare the king turned to go indoors here hi shouted the cabman what's the matter asked the king what's the matter 
as if your most gracious majesty did not know i want another sixpence you've got your fare said the king got my fare retorted the cabman you're a pretty gracious majesty you are you go about rolling in luxury and wealth out of the hard earnings of such as me and that's the way you use the money bah the sooner you're done away with altogether the better what good are you why you ain't worth the crown on your head the cabman drove away to swear and the king paused to reflect it took the king some time to calculate but he found he cost that cabman at his present rate of expenditure he cost that cabman about an eighth of a farthing every ten years the king's lips moved though he breathed no word but any one who had watched the kind of mouth would have seen that he was muttering something about the liberal government he took out his latch-key and let himself in he paused in the passage gently wiped his crown on the sleeve of his robe and hung it on a hat-peg and placing his sceptre in the stand beside his forgotten umbrella forgetfulness that had cost him a shilling walked slowly into the parlour he sat down to meditate you have only to read your shakespeare to know this is the way of kings he soliloquied somewhat in this fashion it is quite clear the cheaper i get the more useless i appear while i was surrounded with pomp the people ran after and applauded me now i get abused by low cabmen i was like a grand ruin while the columns stand and the broken embrasures lie about in picturesque profusion it is visited made pictures of and admired but take away the old adornments clear away the ground and leave a little pile of useless earth to mark the spot and admiration and wonder as they turn their backs on it will soon find respect at their heels i see my fate the king grew reckless and ordered an egg for his tea you have only to read your poets and you will see that these sudden desperate acts foreshadow impending doom at the moment that bibbs was wiping a small spot of egg from his beard his ministers were holding a cabinet council to determine what should be their next move to keep up their popularity there was nothing to cut down but the places of themselves and their friends and relations that was out of the question the laborer is worthy of his hire and they had labored hard to get their present position how would it be if they determined that the king should no longer receive any help from the state but earn his own living a little hard work would be good for the king's constitution the idea was a popular one it was carried out but poor king bibbs was too old to work so it occurred to one of the ministers who knew a city gentleman who had an ugly daughter that he wanted to marry to a person of rank that by his influence the poor king might be got into an almshouse after some difficulty it was done 
and his most gracious majesty found himself in possession of two small rooms and ten shillings a week any reasonable old monarch you would think might have been very comfortable under these circumstances but wherever he turned he met unfriendly glances people said almshouses were meant for industrious but unfortunate tradesmen and their wives and not for bloated old emperors and kings here was a monarch not only grinding them down with taxation but actually taking from them the just reward of virtuous old age at last it happened that a shopkeeper died insolvent and his aged widow was destitute there was nothing for it but to put her on the parish which would be an expense or get her into an almshouse the matter touched the pockets of the parishioners and you may be pretty sure that soon a fine clamour was raised what had the king done to deserve charity nothing meetings were held bundles of letters were sent to the newspapers and at last the influential city gentlemen who meant to stand for the borough at the next election were forced to turn out king bibbs or lose his popularity the influential gentleman assured his most gracious majesty that he turned him out with great reluctance what was to be done now it was pretty clear that the king must go on the parish but what parish it mattered not where he had lived he had never paid his rates and not a parish would have him vestries met and discussed the matter it was referred to committees minutes were brought up and referred back again meantime poor bibbs who would not go in as a casual was left like an old leer to perish it is true that on the first night an old cherist who was once in prison for treason took pity on him and gave him a bed but when the king found out who his benefactor was his old pride arose within him and he turned away his most gracious majesty might have been seen feeling with his thumb-nail the edge of his last coin it was smooth king bibbs had but three pence in the world at this moment he saw some men with advertising boards on their backs he looked at them they were old and feeble ah thought the king i think i am strong enough to carry boards he went up to one of the men and asked him most respectfully where he got his employment the man turned round and sneered out oh you want to rub us now do you you want to take the crust out of our mouths you ain't content with grinding us poor working men down with taxes you ain't content with having every luxury down to almshouses but you must interfere with us if i catch your most gracious majesty with half a board on your back i'll just smash you there it will be observed that the people had lost nothing of the outward show of respect and always addressed the king in the proper way poor bibbs bought a penny biscuit and with the remaining twopence a piece of card and a bit of string he wrote on the card pray pity 
a poor constitutional monarch and with his crown in his hand to get whatever charity would give he went into the bitter world to beg his way down to the grave things went on merrily with the ministry for years they filled all the old places and invented new they put the king's head on the coin and put the coin in their pockets but one fine day a certain eastern despot with whom they had been intriguing thought it a political thing to pay king bims a visit in state here was a pretty kettle of fish what were they to do for a king it would never do to tell the eastern despot that they didn't know where the king was and they did not care he would have broken with them at once they sent in all directions to inquire for the king but he was not to be found then they tried an advertisement if this should meet the eye of king bibbs he is requested to return to his disconsolate ministers and all shall be forgiven but poor bibbs had not seen a newspaper for years and his ministers were left disconsolate then appeared another advertisement lost a king answering to the name of bibbs if any one will take him to the treasury he will be liberally rewarded now it so happened that a quiet man of business as he was passing along a country highway saw a poor half-crazy man eating a few dry crusts by his side was a bent sceptre and on his head an old and battered crown while his robe of raw purple was torn and soiled and the ermine on it worn nearly bare and black as the stranger approached him the old man took off his crown and in a feeble voice said pray pity on a poor constitutional monarch the stranger looked in his face and exclaimed good heaven poor soul what has brought you to this the old man brushed a tear away from his sunken eye and muttered it was all through that liberal government a week after a great city was all aglare with flags and a blare with trumpets the streets were lined with people and a procession passed at the head of which was a grand carriage drawn by eight horses in a carriage sat a feeble old man in a splendid robe and with a new crown that he kept taking off as he bowed to the multitude at his side was the splendid eastern depot who bowed too for the people not only said long live king bibbs but they wished the splendid eastern despot long life as well near the palace gates they returned the king left off bowing and some were shocked at his pride and some at his pallor a few days after there was a grand and solemn procession and again a few days after that a grand and glorious procession the government were true to their policy and the wording of their advertisement the stranger who had found king bibbs after wasting years in applications received a note to say his affairs were under consideration end of section ten recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc